Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Oh my goodness, can you believe it is New Year's Day? Wow, 2023 has arrived and I am absolutely grateful and so happy to be on with you tonight. Thank you so much for sticking and staying with us right here at WCCO. Now that it's been 23 years of me being here, I have to tell you, I'm not used to not hearing your voices. I still am not used to, you know, waiting to say, okay, I, I, I hope they enjoy this, this particular interview or if they enjoy this. But then I hear from you. And it's really quite remarkable what happens. And it's not just a phone call. Oftentimes I run into you at different places. Maybe it's at Macy's or maybe it's at the Mall of America. But I get to talk to you. That happened to me today at Byerly's. You never know. People will hear my voice and go, I know that voice. I love your show. And I love the Mom and Michael Hour. They always say that. <laughs> so you just never know. And I'm so grateful that I get a chance to be with you tonight. Of course, Jonathan Lowe is not just our producer, but he is also so into sports. He knows a lot about it and has been kind of, you know, teaching me about it. So I got to start the show tonight. Oh, and I should mention who the two producers are. Okay. Of course, it is Jonathan Lowe. Know him, love him. He's been with us for a long time already. And then there's Chris Tubbs, who does the nine o'clock to 10 o'clock hour, which is called Center Stage. And it's all about all things arts and entertainment. So those of you that are just joining us for the first time, welcome. I am so excited that you're here. Okay, Jonathan, I was watching the game between Green Bay and the Vikings. Enough I'm said. very sorry for you. <laughs> well, you know, they were coming back. They just needed a whole nother hour. No, they needed a whole nother game, uh, okay. to be honest. It was, no. This was not Minnesota's day. No. This was not Minnesota's day? No, it you was know, not Minnesota's here's the thing, day. Though. Here's the thing. I am so pumped about the Vikings um, that even if we lose a game or two, I just don't get upset. I mean, come on. Um, how high are we right now? I mean, I keep saying to myself, oh, my gosh. I said to my sister yesterday, what if the Vikings were in the big game? And we couldn't talk about it. It was like, don't even mention it. Don't go there. Let's just keep enjoying what they're doing. What do you think? So the Vikings season has been really interesting because they've amassed a bunch of wins. They're 12 and 4. 12 and 4 right. is a phenomenal record. Remarkable. But the way that they've done it has not been in a convincing fashion for a lot of people. So much so that they went into today's game. Now, again, the Vikings were 11 and 4 going into today's game, playing a 7 and 8, 7 and 8 Green Bay team. So that's a four game gap of difference between wins and losses. The Vikings were an underdog. They were a three point underdog to Green Bay. So, because of the way that they've won games, they've had to come back in a lot of games, they've won a ton of games close, there isn't a lot of confidence in the Vikings to actually show up in these big moments. And today was a big moment. They've, they had an opportunity to stay in line for the top seed in the NFC, in the National Football Conference. 
That is important now, very important, because a couple of years ago, the NFL added a seventh playoff team. It used to be six playoff teams. Mm -hmm. The top two teams per conference would get buys through the first week of the playoffs into the second weekend. That is now gone. Because of the fact that a seventh playoff team was added, the second ranked team in the in the conference no longer mm-hmm. gets that bye. They have to play the first weekend of the playoffs. Only one team gets the bye. So the Vikings were had a chance, they had a shot, and they had a shot because Philadelphia lost earlier in the day to stay in line for that one seed. Because they lost to the Packers, that is no longer the case, and they've also dropped the spot. They were the two seed going into today, the second best team. Now, because of tiebreakers, they're the third best team behind both Philadelphia and San Francisco. Why does that matter? Let's say the Vikings get in the, uh, they will get in the playoffs. They've clinched the division. Let's say they win not next week, but the week after. So the playoffs start not next weekend, but the weekend after, in the middle of January. Let's say they win that first game. Instead of hosting their second playoff game, they have to go on the road. Mm-hmm. That is difficult. It's difficult in the playoffs, and it's difficult with the matchup they would potentially have with the Green Bay. I'm sorry, with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Now, San Francisco would have to win their game as well, but the 49ers are the one of the hottest and possibly the most complete team in the NFL now. What Everybody do you mean by complete. They they have most every facet of the game you could imagine covered. They have a quarterback that, while a rookie, has been very good in managing the game, not turning it over, making good throws. They have a phenomenal running game. They have a phen- they have a very dynamic passing game. Their defense is considered by many to be the best in the league. They what have team is this again? The San Francisco 49ers. Okay, got it. So right now the Vikings and 49ers are lined up to play against each other mm-hmm. if if seating holds. It would have been important. You don't sound too positive about it. <laughs> you sound uh, frustrated as I keep hearing I, you. I'm not speak I'm about not this. I'm not frustrated. I'm just trying to keep it real. And keeping it real unfortunately for Vikings fans and a lot of Vikings fans acknowledge this. It's it's been a, a fun ride, but as far as getting far into the playoffs, there are teams right now that the, the, the Vikings are not as good as. They're not playing as well as. They're not as good as. They're not as together as. Philadelphia's already beat them. Green Bay shellacked them today. Dallas shellacked them on, I believe, Thanksgiving. Uh, no, not, that wasn't Thanksgiving night. That was the Patriots. They, they shellacked them earlier in the season. Um. The playoff teams that the Vikings have faced, for the most part, have beaten them. And Detroit is is in the uh, playoff picture as well, and they've beaten the Vikings. So when it comes okay, to facing so the really me, good teams, it's it's right. it's been dicey. Okay, you've told me what's wrong, but tell me what's right. Tell me what direction are they going in that proves that they have a chance. Right Uh-oh. now, the only thing I can really say is you, you get in the tournament. As long as you get in the tournament, you have a chance. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'd say if you're stacking the NFC contenders, 
San Francisco's probably seen by every by most everybody as number one. Philadelphia's probably number two. Dallas would be ahead of the Vikings. Right now, especially after today, I'd say Green Bay is ahead of the Vikings. Um, that would leave the Vikings fifth in the pecking order. Hmm. That ain't good. I, I don't know. I just... I keep I keep hoping that you and I, as we go down this road together, will actually see and hope, have you know our hopes high and say, no, that's okay. They lost this one today. We're going to move on and we're going to get it done next time. I just, I've been looking for that it, and hoping for that. It depends on where you are in the season. A loss like this, when Dallas beat the, the, the Vikings earlier in the season, it was a the the alarm bells were starting to, to go off faintly, but you had time. You had time to correct it. You had time to get better and start to peak. A loss like that now, when you're two weeks away from the postseason beginning, the bells are going off loud and clear. They are ringing in your ears. Okay, so Jefferson was out of the game at some point. Tell me about that. That I do not know about. I because uh, I was in here. I was helping. I was doing the uh, WCCO Outdoors show, so mm-hmm. we had the game on, but we there was no sound up. We couldn't pay attention to what was going on because we were doing a live show at that time. So I I'm not aware of what happened with Justin Jefferson. Okay, I'll have to look that up. All right, I know we have to take a break. We're going to take a break and come back in just a moment. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right. So first of all, I want to say, um, even though we talk about sports a lot, I'm trying to learn. And I know that no team is perfect. If there is a team that is perfect, can you tell me who that is, Jonathan? Unfortunately, right now, it's probably the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, come on. Perfect? They're, perfect? They're, so this is the thing with, with especially football. Um, I don't know if you're ever going to have a perfect team. There's one team in the Super Bowl era. There were teams before the Super Bowl started that won championships and went undefeated. But there's one team in the Super Bowl era that's gone undefeated, that has not lost a game, and that was the 1972 Miami Dolphins. Even that team I don't think people would consider perfect. So if, if the only undefeated team that ever that played in this era, and again from 1966 – to now, I don't know if you can get there. It's it's difficult to get everything right to have a perfect team. Okay, so now the Vikings had a shellacking. I understand that today. But I do want to announce that Timberwolves basketball returns tomorrow as they host the Denver Nuggets. Pre-game is at 6.30 p.m. and tip-off is 7 p.m. right here on WCCO Radio. And I tell you, Jonathan, I'm listening more to sports. I'm watching more on television, and I'm trying to learn as much as I can. So I thank you for helping out. Um, I do want to say, though, to um, everyone who is listening, I had such a great time, and it's been a long time, 
since I've had a great time at the Mall of America, considering what happened, what was it, Jonathan, a week ago at Nordstrom or two weeks ago? Uh, it was a week ago Friday. Friday, right? And considering what happened then, I just thought, oh, the people are not going to come for New Year's Eve. And eight of us got together with you know all the children and just decided, okay, we're going. And it was a circus in the rotunda with all these gigantic Christmas trees and smaller trees and just beautiful. We had a great time at the Mall of America. It was so much fun to see the circus. And these were young people doing it, right? Um, there was there were funny um, people. There were, you know, doing jokes and, and, and acting a fool. And we all loved it. It was just perfect. And then you had a chance to stay afterwards and go and get on the rides. And it was unlimited rides, unlimited rides. I was like, for real? So yeah, it was a ball for all. Um, it was just incredible. And I will never forget that. I don't think my grandchildren will forget it either. Also, um, bringing in the new year um, was really special for me. What did you do? Did you go out and hang out and listen to people sing karaoke or did you really stay home? I hope you didn't stay home. Well, I went out. Uh, I actually came in here to help uh, transition us from the Timberwolves game last night. And then since I was already out, I figured, okay, let me go by one or two places. And I'm still trying to find a new place since my home bar uh, closed back in July. The Otter? No, 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 oh. not the Otter. The Otter's not my home bar. I had, I had okay. a bar closer to where I live. Okay. Um, right. No, the Otter's still kicking. Vegas Lounge is still kicking. Um, all those Northeast bars are getting back to more of what they were before the pandemic started. So they're, they're good. Um, uh, okay, but I need to know how you brought in the new year. Did, you didn't go sing? I didn't go sing, no. Oh, um, Jonathan. I'm, I'm putting that in my new if, – if I do a New Year's resolution, that's going to be top of the list. Um, I wanted to make sure I had a couple things in order before I got back out there. So I've got that taken care of, and uh, I'm planning on going back out fairly soon. Fairly soon. Let's yes. think about that. <laughs> what does to, that mean? Y'all, y'all don't need to know when I'm going out. Y'all don't need to know where yes, I'm at. Yes, we do. Y'all don't need I'll to know bring nothing. a group. Y'all don't I need to go know hear nothing. You sing again. I think you sang three or four songs that night. We all got together from CCO, and it was just so much fun. I really had a great time. I still think about that. And I don't know. Did you guys ever get together again? We have. We have. We've gotten together. We we got together every so often before again the pandemic started, and ever since it's just been with everything that's gone on, whether whether it's been health related or work-related or whatever the case, it's just been difficult to get back together. And for me, like I said, it was trepidation getting on a microphone that it's a little bit different than, than getting on the microphone here where you have seven, eight, nine people that work at this workstation. We all know each other. We all try to help each other out in, in that case. But when you're going out and trying to sing into a microphone that is being handled every night. And, 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 and some people say, oh, karaoke is only once a night or twice, you know, or once a week or twice a week. Or, no, 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 no. There are places that do it every night. 
So if you're going to a yeah. place that does it like that. But are that, you concerned about like COVID or something? Are you saying that the microphones is being used by everyone? Are you talking about um, germs being spread? Or it's, it's gotten a little bit to that point for me. And, and again, I'm trying to build myself up to get not just physically but mentally back to a place where that's as, not as much of a problem. Because but when, why not bring a sanitizer wipe? Why not that? It's difficult to do that on microphones. No, it's, no, no. All you do is wipe it down, throw it away, and keep singing. Well, that, that, that might I mean, be an that's idea. That's what they do at clubs. That's, that's what they do at clubs. Okay, that might Someone be Someone will come up and wipe the microphone down, and you go at it, you know? Or you could do it yourself, and then you can be comfortable knowing, I did it the right way. I don't have to worry about this now. You know, because it's worth, it's worth you singing, Jonathan. It's I've al- worth it. I've always been kind of leery with, with trying to do that on electrical equipment just because I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to, you know, wipe it down and, right. and oh, short it out or something. Right. So. But speaking of, you know, <laughs> here's the thing with you. I always know that you're not going to tell me everything that you did, and I don't expect you to. Thank you. I wouldn't do the same Thank thing you. with you. However, I would like to know, did you go do something Christmas, um, not Christmas, but New Year's uh, Eve? I was trying to get to that. You, you, okay. you had mentioned karaoke. I did not go out to a karaoke place, uh-huh. but there are, I, I'm, again, I'm trying to find a new place where I can go on a regular basis, and there's one uh, place that I've gone to a couple times. So I went there, uh, sat down, had a had a libation, and didn't know whether I was going to stay till midnight or not. I got there about eleven, about ten forty-five, and by the time I finished that, I had talked to a couple people. It was eleven. They had handed out a little shot of champagne, and I was like, "Okay, I'm here till midnight." <laughs> There you go. All right, and, and, I know we have to take a we have to take a break. Oh, I was going to um, say real quick, and I'm I'm at that age where it's not. I, I don't get as geeked up, and I I don't have the the social circle that I that I used to have at times. So I'm not as geeked up about having to be out, having to go out someplace. And we were and uh, me and someone were discussing this last night. It's different than being at a bar, than being at a club, than being at a house party. There are different ways to celebrate, and I, I don't have that social circle right now. I need to build it up again. Well, I want to let everyone know after we um, take a break and um, pay some bills, we're going to come back with our first guest tonight. Her name is Dr. Beth, and I think it's freight, so we're going to get that straight. Um, she's president of American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and uh, we're going to talk about New Year's Day and what it means to resolutions. And I get so sick of talking about resolutions every year in my own head, not on the radio, but in my own head. Okay, what am I going to do this year? And after a while, I just go and start something and just keep going and hopefully it'll stick with me. I don't know about other one, other people, but we're going to find out and I hope you'll jump in as well, Jonathan. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, everyone. We have an opportunity I want to talk about tonight. Why? Because it's New Year's Day, as you know, and um, it means it's time for the, those disgusting, ridiculous resolutions, I used to call them, because they will kick in, right? We always try to do something to make ourselves better at the beginning of the year. But how can we make sure that those goals stick 
passed next week, seriously. And it is too late to make those aspirations a part of your life. Really? Maybe not. Let's find out. Dr. Elizabeth Frades is an assistant clinical professor at the Harvard Medical School and the president of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. She joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline to let us know how we can keep working on those resolutions. Hello, Dr. Beth. How are you? Oh, I'm terrific. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I am honored to be here. I'm glad to have you. We need it. You know, the first thing we start thinking <laughs> at the beginning of the year is, what am I going to do to change and be better, whether it's something internally in your heart or on the outside? Um, how is it that we still do it? Because so many people fail at it. Yes, yes. I heard your description of the New Year's resolutions, and I, I did have to chuckle. And I do think many people on the line and listeners today, some are rolling their eyes and others are eager to hear how they can be successful this year, 2023. So even those people that have a little bit of skepticism, I'd like to draw you in and first talk about traps. The lofty and the big traps. So people, you said, want to change, either from their heart and the inside or something on the outside. And I do believe that we are creatures that are trying to do our best each day. And many of us know that there are some areas in our lives that could deserve attention. And if we gave attention to these areas, we would feel happier, we would be more productive, more creative, more connected. So let's talk about the the pitfalls, the traps, lofty and vague. Lofty meaning somebody who is sedentary, so someone who has been sitting for a very long time and not been active, not been exercising. And with COVID, many people are literally sitting all day on the Zoom meeting. So someone like this that decides, okay, it's New Year's, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to sign up for a marathon, and here we go. (laughs) Problem with the, the, the lofty goal like that is if we don't break it down, there's nothing wrong with a lofty goal in and of itself. But if we don't break it down, that's when we fall off and then we give up. So we want to break down the lofty goal to say, all right, I'm going to start walking. This week, this first week of January, I'm going to get moving. I heard your weather forecast, so it's cold outside. You're going to want to walk in the mall, and you're going to think what is realistic and how can I actually do something that will get me more movement, more exercise, so that I can build myself up to getting to that lofty goal, which is the marathon. The other problem is this vague, I will do better. I will do better. I will, I will start to exercise. I will eat better. These are very vague goals. We need to say things that are more specific, more concrete, like I am going to stop eating processed foods three meals a day. I am going to make sure that I have a whole food plant predominant type of meal once a day this week. So you really break it down. And, and for exercise, I will start walking. Or, this is also too vague, I will join a gym. Okay, you're going to join a gym. 
what are you going to do there? I will join a gym, and this week I will go to one class. I'll go to one class this week. I will investigate. I will experiment. I will see what I like about this class. And, and if I don't like it, I will try a different class next week. So being a little bit concrete, and if you have high aspirations, break them down. These are the two, I think, best tricks so that you don't fall into these traps. But there are so many traps that we recognize, Dr. Beth. We recognize that we can smell them coming in January, okay? (laughs) And here's the challenge is that you get frustrated just with the Mm. approach of it all. When people start calling Mm. you, your friends going, hey, I'm going to start walking. That's what I started doing about five months ago, and I lost 47 pounds right and i was so excited i stayed with it i ate the salads every day i was on the move until thanksgiving showed up honey i sat down and couldn't get up couldn't (laughs) i get up what do you do when you are so focused and you are accomplishing your goal and then all of a sudden it's gone for a moment yes Yes, I hear you. And this is where I would advocate for what I call, and a mnemonic I created years ago, I call the coach approach. I have a feeling this is going to help you. I'm not sure. Let me, let me share it, and then I definitely want your feedback. So okay. I have been in the area of lifestyle medicine and a health and wellness coach oh, since about 2008. So I have seen, I have heard your story before multiple multiple times and my goal in life is to is to try to help so here we go after studying this for for a decade or more i created this coach approach we need to take a coach approach with ourselves and with others that we're trying to help and heal if we're physicians healthcare providers mothers friends it doesn't matter if you're trying to empower others take the coach approach with them but let's talk Mm -hmm. about ourselves Taking the coach approach with ourselves. It's C-O-A-C-H. First thing is curiosity. Next thing is openness. C-O-A is appreciation. C is compassion. And H is honesty. So let me, let me help put these into perspective with your very story. Okay. So first thing, curiosity. What we do in this case is to say, hey, what happened at Thanksgiving what were the changes? Were they internal, like you mentioned before? Were they, were they an attitude change? Was it an environmental change? Was there a stressor that occurred that, that took you over? What happened? Curiosity. What happened during that period? Another thing you would want to ask yourself is, before that, when you said in September, you started on this journey, you started walking, you were doing really well, you were eating healthy foods, And I would ask you to ask yourself, this is the curiosity part. You say, what was going well then? What did I have in place as my pattern? What was my mindset? Did I have a connection with a friend? Do I need a connection with a friend? So first, we, we have to take this curiosity approach to avoid the shame, blame, and guilt game that so many of us play. I, I think I played this game. Uh, I know I did with myself uh, when I was younger and, and before I became a coach. But this shame, blame, and guilt. Oh, I, I, I was a, on a great path for four months, and then that's it. I, 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 Thanksgiving, I ate the pie, I ate this, I ate that, and I see, I cannot do it. 
I, it, this is just not something I'm able to sustain. Well, this is not following the O of openness. Openness is non-judgmental. We don't judge what's happening. We're curious and we ask questions. We don't shame, blame, and guilt ourselves. This is a mindset of failure. This is a mindset of the resolution won't work. These things are disgusting and awful, and I hate them. And you see, every year I hate them. So instead, we have this openness. We have this non-judgmental approach. We have this approach that says there is no shame, blame, and guilt here. There's only learning. I'm going to learn from what happened at Thanksgiving. And then there's the A for appreciation. And this is, hey, I did really well in September, October. I did so well during that period. And I'm proud of the progress that I made. And I have many strengths that got me there. I am gritty. I am perseverant. I, I like to have fun. And when I make things fun, I stick with it. And then when you're appreciative like that, you say, all right, I had these qualities that I used to help me meet the goal in September and October. How do I bring those back into my life now to help me get back on track? And then they see in the coach, the second C is compassion. So I would ask you and your listeners, and I ask myself a lot to, to speak to myself the way I would speak to a good friend. So if a friend of yours shared that story with you, I did really well, then Thanksgiving came and I sat and, and I really got off track. You would probably say to your friend, hey, it's terrific that you lost all that weight prior to Thanksgiving. And, and, and I, I think that you can do it again. Let's think about what you had in place and talk to yourself the way you would talk to that friend. And the last thing is honesty. Being honest with yourself in this coach approach, curiosity, openness, appreciation, compassion, and honesty, honesty, which means, all right, (laughs) so do I really want this? And why do I want this? What's my motivator? Why do I want to be a healthy weight? Is it because I don't want to have high blood pressure? I don't want to, my dad, personally, me, Beth, Frady's, my dad had a heart attack and stroke when he was 52 and I was 18. So for me, I want to do things for my body that will help me so I don't have his same fate. So what is your motivator? Be honest with yourself. Why is it that you want to make these changes? And then you make smart goals, specific, measurable, action-oriented, realistic, and time-sensitive. And the realistic one is where you have to be honest. So I'm going to start walking every day next week. Now I heard your weather forecast. I'm thinking <laughs> if you I'm, I'm thinking if you're going to say that and you don't have an inside plan, that is not going to happen. So that is not going to be a realistic goal. But if you were to tell me, I'm going to get back to walking, Beth, and I'm going to walk not tomorrow because it's a holiday, but I am going to walk Tuesday and Thursday. I'm going to walk at the mall. I'm going to walk with my friend. I'm going to call her today. I'm going to meet her at five. All this is very specific. It's measurable. It's action-oriented, and it is time-sensitive. There's time frames, right, that I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to create this. Put it in your calendar. And, and you know what? Making it fun. That's why I mentioned the friend. When you bring a friend along, okay, I don't know you personally, um, for me. I have a friend I go jogging with. When I make a plan to meet her at 7 in the morning, I don't snooze. I don't say, oh, not today. 
Why? Because she's out there waiting for me. I'm going to meet my friend. I know I'm going to have fun when I'm running with her, and I'm going to feel good. And I will not only feel good because of the endorphins from the running, but because of the connection that I have with this friend. Now I'm a social human, so for me, that, that, that really resonates. Everyone has to take Right, but for so many others, Dr. Beth, for so many others, yeah. it doesn't resonate because it is the, yeah. that is the one thing we hear about every year when it comes to resolutions. Yeah. And here's my yeah. truth. My truth is that I have to listen to my inner voice. If my inner yeah. voice doesn't love me enough to help support me in what I'm trying to do, then what the heck? Right. So I keep yep. saying to myself that that internal voice we have is the voice yep. I need to continue to listen to, because every time I yep. go to Costco, I can get my five thousand steps in, you know, or ten thousand oh. steps in. Mm-hmm. And I love it. So mm-hmm. I'm always at, at, at Costco until you realize you can't spend two hundred dollars every time you go. Right. <laughs> This is a problem for me. But really, I so enjoy walking. And so I decided, Mm. okay, get back to that. Get back to that. And that's what I was doing. I was just at the Mall of America the other night. So I keep saying Mm. to myself, just Mm. keep going. Even if you got to stop and forgive yourself. Am I right about that? Yes. No shame, blame, and guilt. You are speaking my language. No shame, blame, and guilt. And definitely forgiveness. Here's the deal. No one's perfect. We want progress, not perfection. We all have slips. We all have mishaps. Everybody has these things. What we want to do is have what's called a growth mindset. We want to learn and grow every day. So if we have a slip up, we forgive ourselves. We say, hey, how did that happen? Oh, I didn't plan. Oh, I didn't bring my sneakers. Oh, I didn't, whatever it was. Oh, I didn't feel like it. I didn't eat properly at lunch. I was mm-hmm. exhausted. I was, I, was so, I was so hungry. I had to go home instead and have my dinner. Then I just felt like I had to sit on the couch because I ate. You know, so you can see then, all right, I better make sure to have my shoes. And I better, if I do forget my shoes, pick them up, not have dinner, pick them up and go for that walk. I'll feel fine. And then I will be able to sit down and have my dinner after my walk. So you you look at mishaps with curiosity, curiosity. What happened? Ask yourself questions. But now we've run out of time. I really want to get this question. This is the last question, Dr. Go ahead. Um, First of all. I I just want to know what does it mean when you cannot mm-hmm. find the joy internally in yeah. order for you to mm-hmm. continue to do what you need to do? Because if there isn't mm-hmm. any joy, then what's the point? Yeah, great point. So have fun. What brings your fun? So how do you connect to the joy? You sit down and you listen to that inner voice that says, I've lost the joy. And then you're curious and you ask that, that voice yourself. You're talking to yourself. Well, what do you need to feel more joy? Well, my sneakers are causing blisters and I'm sick of it. Well, I need to save the money, get the new sneakers, then I'll feel joy. For some people, it's, 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 it's saving up and getting a new, you know, spanking new pair of uh, sweatpants that they can wear. For, for others, it's saying I'm going to connect with my girlfriend like me and I'm going to going to meet her at the mall and get going. And for others, it's variety. I, I was working with someone who was walking, got sick of it, and wanted to sign up for a hula hooping class. She was 75, and I'm not kidding. And it was in our town, and I signed up with her for hula hooping because she lost the joy in the walking. So variety. So we went and we signed up for the hula hooping class, and unfortunately, we both did buy our hula hoops, and we were ready to go, but they canceled the class because only two people signed up. 
Needless to say, both of us were hysterically laughing when we had our hula hoops out and we just did our own little class. So I think when you can't find the joy, you got to ask yourself questions. What else can I do? What else seems exciting? Remember, something new allows for dopamine to be released in your brain, which is the reward system. So you may just need something new, like, you know, a, a, a new place to walk walking with a dog, uh, getting a friend's dog, and, and, and walking with that dog. Something that is different for you that might enhance your sense of joy. I'm glad you said that because there is one thing I did, um, what, it was a, a year ago, and it was so much mm-hmm. fun. I was at Home Depot, and all of mm-hmm. a sudden my friend and I just stopped and started dancing in the aisles. And it was a blast. He was laughing, I was laughing, and it was just this beautiful mm-hmm. song. And I've done that only one other time before, right? And I kept mm-hmm. saying to myself, now this brings me joy. So maybe that's what I need to do. <laughs> Honey, put on put on my flat shoes and go and get that get out there and dance. <laughs> Doctor Beth, I, it's I, been a pleasure. Been a pleasure to have you on. Thank, thank you so much you. for joining us. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Take care and happy new year to you. Happy new year. (sighs) Thank you. Take care. All right, Jonathan. Um, It is really quite amazing that uh, we can have a moment like that. I'm so happy I remembered it. Maybe you could try that too. We'll take a break. Well, I tell you, this half hour has been fun, and I hope that you've enjoyed it as well and that you learned something or gleaned something from a conversation. Coming up next, of course, in the 8 o'clock hour is Major Dewana Witt. I can't wait to tell you that she's the Hennepin County Sheriff-elect, the first black woman, the first woman, period. I can't wait to interview her at 810. And by the way, Michael is not joining us tonight, so we will not have the Mom and Michael hour at 10 o'clock. But Jonathan and I are going to have a great time, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.